Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. We are back and we are live. It is Fight IQ presented by Rotowire here to talk UFC Minneapolis. Our main event is Francis Ngannou taking on Junior Dos Santos. I'm your host of Fight IQ, the Daily Fantasy Sniper, also known as the Rock Lobster with a giant sunburn. If you were watching on YouTube, um, guys, it's really hot outside. And uh, if you put on sunscreen and go and play golf, it can sweat off you instantaneously. So I will take whatever heat I have come in my way in chat as I am very, very red. But the other two gentlemen will have to up the handsome quotient this week. The analyst is always for Fight IQ, Chris Olson, Joe, Sunsu, guys, how you doing? Well, I just want to say that Sean will be uh, debuting uh, his stage career in Paramus, New Jersey in Raisin in the Sun. Um, at dinner theater, so I'm I'm kind of looking forward to that. That that'll be great. Um, there are certain uh, people that are genetically um, unable to actually get tan without getting red, and I am I'm certain that Sean is in that category. Um, so yeah, I, I hope it doesn't peel too badly. Um, so good luck with that. And uh, last week was a dumpster fire. So this yeah, week well. has got to be better for me um, because I need some cash to uh, you know lay into. 239 first contest posted i called it 100k first place 2390 buy-in love it top heavy love it 33 percent top payout love it chris to you yeah oh i'm sorry I, you're finished I, I didn't want to be rude to you there joe but i uh, you need more ashley yoder that that's why uh, well I, I, ashley ashley yoder too i i, I you know it's kind of a shame that uh, i can't dunk on sean completely because he had a nice one in there too but I'll save all my ire for Joe. Um, as you know, um, I came out on top of the Randy Brown, uh, Brian Barbarina uh, dispute. <laughs> that, that was, that was, was horrible. That yeah. was some, and Joe got really animated. And that, <laughs> that, does, that did not age well. And I, I, I do want to say, I think, I still think I said it then, and I'll say it now. The biggest factor in that is just the beating Barbarina took three months ago. He was he's just not the same. It might be, but uh, he couldn't get inside all fight. Well, I, I missed the narrative. I'm Mr. Narrative, and I totally screwed the pooch by not knowing that his, his Grand Brown's grandmother died earlier in the week in Jamaica. Like, oh, I didn't yeah, know well. that. I, I, I certainly would have, like, adjusted. Like, come on, man. He's, he was fighting for a cause there to honor his, yeah. his dead grandmama. 
Right. Um, you, you know, definitely missed that one. I t- I don't know how I missed that. Like someone called me out on Twitter, and you know what? I accept the criticism. Well, I should have known that. In all seriousness, um, I'm sure I'll get one wrong this week. But all I ask is that you guys remember the Randy Brown pick this week for my credit for what I get wrong this week. So that's no. All we're I we're, ask. we're still gonna um, jump on you relentlessly. Although uh, I'm hoping you bring some dogs to us because there are not a ton of dogs in this card. Oh so my god, this card is true. I'm looking for some of your contrarian takes because I might follow along just a little bit. Right now I'm pretty spread out, but we can talk about that as we move on. going to break down this card top to bottom, or really from bottom to top, uh, everything DraftKings. Before we get started, go to rotowire.com slash free, 10-day free trial to all their premium content. No credit card required. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. You listen to the replay of this episode, which we record live on Friday nights on YouTube at 8 o'clock. So make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe to on iTunes to Rotowire MMA. Guys in chat who are here watching us live, welcome as always. I see some some familiar faces, a couple new ones. Big big ups to all you guys. Definitely appreciate it. Uh, you know, kind of. <laughs> what, would happen if, what would happen if Chris went outside? <laughs> yeah, they 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 took my my sunburn and they turned it on Chris, which is oh my god, which is just it's a welcome welcome surprise. So, so yeah, thank you guys, I, I feel I feel loved. Um, so. Obviously, if you're listening to this after the fact, Friday's 8 o'clock. Join us in here. Always a ton of fun. Let's <laughs> break down some fights. I don't know if Chris is allowed out. Um, you know. uh, well, no, he, he feels love and I feel normal, so let's, uh, let's okay. get it going. Speaking yeah. of not normal, Maurice Green, 8,200, taking on Junior Albini, 8,000. Maurice Green is – actually, this fight is now a pick minus 105, a pop here. I say not normal because Junior Albini wears a diaper to the cage and Maurice Green drinks and smokes in training, as we saw yeah. in the Ultimate Fighter. So um, really high-level fight here. Chris, who you got? Yeah, um, this is this is kind of an easy one for me. I, um, I'm not a fan of Maurice Green at all. I think he's just a very slow, plodding kickboxer. He's okay. Um, like, you know, fundamentally, he's got a decent jab. He uses his length decently well and not great. Um, but Junior Albini, I mean, it's easy to be down on him um, because we've seen him, I think, take three losses in a row now after that uh, after that debut knockout against, uh, um, I want to say Tim Anderson, but that's not, is it Tim Anderson? Johnson. Ooh, Tim Johnson. Tim Johnson. Tim Big Anderson. Dick. Big Dick Tim, Tim Anderson. Johnson. That's it. Tim Anderson is a shortstop on the White Sox. But um, I um, I still think in that knockout we saw enough from Junior Albini. We know that he has fast hands and we know he can throw in combination. And I really think that's going to be enough here. Um, I think Morris, Maurice Green is going to be just way too slow. After um, after Albini's fight against um, Rosenstreak, I think it's going to be like, you know, taking off the batting donut. He's going to, he's going to say, wow, I can't believe this guy's this slow after dealing with the speed of Rosencrantz, uh, Rosenstreak rather. Um, so yeah, I really like Albini here. I think he can put his hands together well, um, and I think he, he can get a knockout here. So I'm all over Albini. I'm not all over. I lean towards Albini. I do think I'll have shares of both sides of this fight for GPPs. Um, but I lean Albini as the pick because Maurice Green is is slow. So I agree with Chris here, which I don't know how often I say that yeah. this episode. It kind of depends how many dogs he picks. Uh, Joe? We're starting off on the right foot. Yeah, look, uh, I'm I'm going to take the other side here but not by a wide margin. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's it's narrow. Yeah, I mean, look, he's got a he's got a height advantage, he's got a reach advantage. He's long. Um Junior Albini's got bad fight IQ. Um I could see Albini um on the ground getting caught in something. I mean, um I don't think his wrestling is any better than Batista's who, you know, was what a, a national team wrestler for Cuba and uh you know, he was triangle choked by by uh, Green. Again, I don't love him. I did hear that he changed his camp, I believe, to elevation, but I can't confirm that. If, if that's true, that's like a major camp change um, for him. So I'm going to lean to Maurice Green. The one thing I will say is that this is a pure GPP fight. I don't see how anybody could be confident playing either side of this fight in cash. Um, there's no real line value, maybe a couple of hundred dollars one way on a pick. But I would say GPP, um, heavyweights, lower level, you should probably have exposure in GPPs. Right, moving on. Emily Spitfire Whitbuyer, 8,500, taking on Amanda Rebos at 7,700. 
this fight's already gotten a little bit of chatter in, in chat, which is a little surprising. Whitmire, minus 170, comeback on Rebus, plus 160. I have to start with uh, admitting I have been previously wrong because I have taken a big old steamy you-know-what on Emily Whitmire, and she has proven me wrong. She is improving, looked really good against Alexandra Albu, quickest submission in strawweight history. I was leaning towards a bet on her actually early in the week, and I shied away because we haven't seen Amanda Rebus in two in at least two years. It was debating chat whether it was two, three, or four years. Three years. Sure. Three years. All right, there you go. I think it was the the, uh, the uh, suspension was two years, so that's probably where I got that that number from. Yeah. Come uh, to think of it, so young fighter, you don't know what kind of improvements they make. We've seen, you know, Whitmire's probably a little better technically, but Rebus. Stronger, more powerful. She is a black belt. In terms of dogs, I think she's live here. My pick is still Whitmire because I think she's cleaner. And from what I've seen, Rebus is too wild. But with that time off, I think Rebus is one of the more is is pretty live. Even though I don't think she'll score amazing in a win. So I'll mix in some Amanda Rebus here. But I'm still going to pick Whitmire because I think she's the more well-rounded fighter. But we should listen to me on this one. We should go to the women's MMA whisper. Joe, what do you got? So, so um, I like Whitmire, although I think she is better as a bet than a DraftKings play. Um, much better competition than Rebus. Uh, Rebus coming off of a three-year layoff. She was actually signed by the UFC and then popped for um, you know something that was in a supplement. Um, and it was the, the suspension was slightly shortened, but she still served you know two plus years. It was supposed to be twenty-four months. I'm sorry, she served less than two years. Duh. Let's get the math straight. Um, you know, so she's back now. Um, I just, you know, the fights I saw when I watched film were not that impressive. And she does have, I mean, she's aggressive and, but she does have a loss to Pollyanna Viana, who is coming off of, uh, she was KO'd in the first round by Pollyanna Viana, who was, um, you know, on a two fight losing streak, um, you know, herself. So I, you know, I don't think that was a great loss. And, you know, if you actually look at time in the ring, right, she's, you know, she's got just barely three and a half minutes of ring time since 2015. <laughs> so I don't know what to do here. I agree with Sean. I would take a few shots at Rebus in, in GPPs. I'm sorry, as a, as a low, lower priced play in GPPs. Um, I am not playing any cash this week, so I'll put that on the table right away. Um, Me either, by the way. Yeah, it's very difficult cash week. Um, so I like Whitmire, but I honestly do think that she would be a better bet than a DraftKings play because I don't know if she's going to get the finish. Although Magic Mike came out with a pretty interesting stat. You know, at the time she was plus two. This fight was plus 200 to finish inside the distance. That line is tightened. I was going to actually play it at plus 200. But I think that's the only way that you're going to get a worthwhile DK score here is if that if the fight finishes inside the distance. And I think that's in doubt. So, you know, put a bet on Emily Whitmire. I think she's going to win the fight. But I don't know that I would have a whole lot of exposure to this for DraftKings. Chris? Okay. So I guess what I should do here is, is lay out my case for Rebus. I think um, – because I actually like her quite a bit. I, I think wow. – um, it's just prefacing anything you say. It's hard to trust. Don't you? It's hard to trust someone we haven't seen in three years. And it's how do you really know where you're gonna get out of them? That's sure, but issue. well, sure, but that's part of the appeal, you know, because I think a lot of people are gonna be thinking that way, and so it's gonna draw a lot of the attention off of her. And so I think that makes her an even uh, sort of a more uh, a better um, scarcity play than you might otherwise get. I think. Um, Couple of reasons here. The first thing I, I want to address is when you say she looked better in that Albu fight. That is Whitmire. I don't really know about that. I mean, Albu came out, blitzed her. Um, she hit a reactive takedown, and then um, Albu didn't protect herself, trying to get up, and she grabbed her back. So a good performance, but I mean, does it really show anything that we didn't know before? I don't really think so. Um, the thing I, I would say about um, Reba specifically is I like her aggressiveness. I think she throws good straight punches. I think she's got some power, and it, it it makes sense to me that she got knocked out by someone like Pollyanna Viana because she doesn't she just stands right in front of her opponents and doesn't really move her head. And Pollyanna Viana throws um, hard and aggressively. Uh, she's not going to have that problem with Emily Whitmire, who does throw in combination but doesn't throw hard, doesn't have any power to speak of. So I think uh, Rebus can overwhelm her. Uh, 
quite easily on the feet just by coming forward and throwing in combination. Also think that, look, if if Whitmire uses her, her best attribute here, uh, or her, her equalizing attribute, what was in the Abu fight, which is her wrestling, I think she might be in some trouble. Uh, we've seen um, Ribas with an active guard. She goes for arm bars. She goes for triangles. And I think that that's really going to be a mitigating factor here. And in, in a spot where we're looking for dogs, look, Whitmire, she got her win against Abu. That's fine. Nothing really to impress me, as I said. And um, I'm going to go for what might be the scarcity here and the dog play. I'm going Ribas. All right, moving on. Dalka Champion. All right, I'll try and say his name first once for everyone's entertainment. Dalka Lugiambula taking on Daquan Townsend. Now on the aforementioned Dalka Champion is minus 335, Daquan Townsend plus 275. Massive inside the distance prop on this fight. Dalka is called Dalka Champion because he is the EFC. Yeah, it's a shit promotion, but he is the EFC light heavyweight and heavyweight champion taking on Daquan, Daquan Townsend, who's taking this fight on short notice. Uh, Dalka should be better everywhere here. He's also at 8,700 for minus 335 and the highest of the distance line. I think he's going to be one of the chalkier guys in the card. It's chalk I'm going to eat. If he comes out with a good game plan and shoots a blast double, he gets a quick. He should get a quick finish here. Typically gets quick finishes. Don't think much of, 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 of Daquan Townsend. So give me Dalka. I will say I'm going to hedge what I don't have in Dalka with some Townsend because I think this is a really good GPP fight. Uh, Chris. So I'm actually like, I understand why um, the inside distance prop, because these guys get a lot of finishes, as you said, Sean, in subpar organizations. I'm going to go ahead and caution a little bit because a lot, if these guys don't get uh, quick finishes, this fight can be, could end up being very boring because these guys, especially on the feet, they have a tendency to wait for their opponents. They both do. And so I could see a lot of standing around in this fight, um, unless, at least until um, somebody makes something happen. And I think, um, to agree with Sean here, I think that somebody is going to be L- Lungambula. I, I just think... Just like, say Dalka, my man. Don't, uh, Dalk, don't pain yourself. I mean, as if that's any easier. Uh, D- what is it? Dalkia? Dalka. Dalka. Okay. Dalka that, champion. That, that, that's a little easy. I'll go Dalka. Okay. So Adalka is um, the main reason I'm picking him here. Um, the wrestling, as you said, but I think it's it's more just an overall, like a Townsend doesn't have any kind of game plan to me at all. He goes in the cage. Sometimes he bounces around. Sometimes he's flat-footed, but he just sort of waits on his opponent. Um, he'll throw some kicks. When he gets you hurt, he swarms. Um, he's a good finisher, uh, but I just don't see him with any kind of semblance of a game plan. And at least Dalka knows what he wants to do inside the cage. He's a pretty good counterpuncher. So if uh, if Townsend gets caught rushing in, that could be something. Um, uh, yeah, so I like Dalka here. I think he can get a finish. But like I said, these guys spend a lot of time waiting on their opponents on the feet. So if this turns into a bit of a staring contest, which I think it could, I think um, you can you can uh, eat it a little bit if you're if you're if you're waiting on the finish. So. Just a little bit of cautionary note there, but uh, I do like Daka, and I think he should be able to get this done pretty convincingly. Joe? Yeah, well, um, both of these fighters are pretty bad. Um, you know, Dalka Champion comes from the legacy of South African fighters like Ruin Potts and Gareth Soldier Boy McClellan. Um, you know, great UFC fighters. Um, I, on the other hand, I just find it very hard for someone who allowed. Portland Pringle the third to take him to a split decision. I, I'm stealing a little bit of the thunder here from Dogger Pass, but um, I, I actually noticed this. Um, Portland Pringle the third, uh, you know, 11 and 11 fighter. Um, you know, so we got Townsend, who's 33 years old, making his UFC debut. Honestly, the way that you look at this fight, other than the fact that it's the only fighter on the card where there's odds value, um, is who is the least worse fighter here? Um, and the least worst fighter is probably Dalka champion. So, um, and the fact that all the poker kids are going to have him because it's the only fighter on the card with line value. So he's going to be highly owned. Yeah, sure. Throw a few shares of, of, uh, Townsend in here, but, um, you know, this is a GPP fight. I mean, um, 
you know, to Chris's point, you, you don't know what's going to happen. It could be a stair fest. It could be, you know, just wild guys wildly swinging and someone knocks the other guy out. But I'll take Dalka champion um, based primarily on the odds value and that I think he is the least worse of the two fighters. Can I just add really quickly that fight against uh, Pringle? Pringle took him down basically at will. So oh my that's God. something that's uh, something uh, you got to right. consider. Right. Yeah, just just to actually split decision against a guy named Portland Pringle just grates my, on me the wrong way. My favorite name of all time. And I love we, I love that name. The third Portland Pringle the third. Right. We got to go from that. To so there were two have, other Pringles. Oh we have my a God. we have a loose connection to Alex White coming up. So ah, here Gasoline boy. Jared Gordon, 9,200, taking on Dan Moret, 7,000, who uh, was in a – he lost that fight, correct? Yes. Yeah, yeah he, he lost it. He lost the fight to Gasoline boy Dan Moret. Uh, he's 7,000. Jared Gordon, uh, I closed the tab. That's bad job by me, but he's hovering around the mid minus 300. As I kind of just uh, – Still time Emmer for a second. Minus okay. three ten. Moret is plus two eighty. Yeah, Gordon is uh, one of my more confident plays in the card. Tons of volume, similar to last week. The only caution is, and the similar in that we mentioned it, Brian Barberena. The only thing I'm worried about is Gordon's getting knocked out recently. Yep. I don't think Moret does it here, but that's my one one concern. Give me Jared Gordon. Uh, we're up to who's starting this one? I think Chris, uh, Joe. Sorry, yep. Joe. Yeah, so look, I I had some hope for Morat in his fight against um in his fight against Alex White, gasoline boy. He actually had a good first round against Gilbert Burns, um, looked decent in that fight. Um, so you know, and that was a short notice fight, and then he ended up getting nuked. Um, I do, you know, so I thought he would fight much better against Gasoline Boy. He's an MMA lab guy, comes from a good camp. Um, that's, you know, MMA lab guys, you know, are always worth a punt. Um, and, you know, we're really looking for dogs here. So I thought, can I play this guy against Gordon, who's been DraftKings gold, scored 91 points in a loss, a finish loss, scored 91 points? I can't recommend him. I mean, I think he's going to get some ownership because of the narrative on um, Gordon having been, uh, uh, you know, knocked out twice, <laughs> knocked out in his last two fights. But Really, last fight was more of an injury, you know, stoppage than, you know, him getting finished. So I'm going to take Gordon here. Um, you know, he's high volume. He's going to score a lot of points, um, you know, win or lose. Um, if uh, you are playing cash, this would probably be one of your better cash plays. Chris? Uh, yeah, I think this. a lot of this depends on which Damaret shows up. Damaret actually looked way better in his UFC debut. He yeah. was way more patient on the feet. He um, He's not a great boxer, but he's fundamentally okay. He actually landed a big uh, counter left hook on Gilbert Burns that forced him to wrestle, and then the fight kind of got away from him uh, from there. But in that Alex White fight, it was just very weird because he would just, he would just you know, run forward with his chin up, try to get him against the fence for a takedown, and Alex White just uh, sniffed it all out. So, um so what do I think about this fight? Um, I still hold out some hope for Moret if he fights a little closer than he, what he did in his UFC debut. I think, um, look, we, we know what Gordon does. He, he uses his cardio, his pace. He's a decent boxer and his takedowns. Um, but he has shown some, um, some uh, difficulty when he gets pressured. When people take the fight to him, and he has to back up. He's not that great fighting off the back foot. And Marek can do that. If nothing else, he's a stifling, suffocating presence, or he can be. Um, I guess I'll still go with Gordon here just because I'm not sure how Moret deals with offensive takedowns. And I think the uh, the pace that um, Gordon puts on could be a little much. Also, I don't know how to fully trust him after that terrible Alex White performance. But I don't think you should um, – overlook Moret entirely. I think he's got some decent tools. It's just a matter if he uses them. So the pick is Gordon, but I would say not to totally overlook Moret either. Eric Anders, 9,400, taking on Vinicius Moreira at 6,800. Eric Anders is the favorite in this one. Uh, where is it? What is our good old, your boy? Minus 290. Vinicius plus 260. 
Look, Anders should smoke a guy who blocks punches with his face, but if he gets taken down, Morera is a world-class, world-class, really, really strong Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, um, which happens first. Good GPP fight. Eileen Anders, and I especially like Anders in GPP because everyone's terrified to play him, and that is interesting to me. Um, Chris? Yeah, that's a decent point. Um, as I said, a little while back, I like the scarcity, so you could get, you could definitely get some scarcity there. The thing that um, makes me tentative about uh, Anders is he's such, he seems like such an uh, an uh, a non-confident striker. He's just very um, wary about throwing his hands. We saw that in the um, Tiago Santos fight, where all he really wanted to do was wrestle, and then we saw that in the um, in the uh, latest fight against uh, Khalil Roundtree, where he basically just you know, stood there and, and let uh, Rotary control the range for uh, until he got knocked out. Well, did he get knocked out in that fight? I know he got knocked knocked down like five. No, he, didn't. he actually ended up finishing, but he, he they should have stopped it. Yeah, yeah, they, they definitely should have. But um, so I okay. So the thing about uh, uh, Vincius here, which is a name I love, it sounds like an old Roman uh, soldier kind of thing. But uh, the, the thing about uh, Vincius here is, um, as you said, uh, really, really strong BJJ. Stands way upright, um, sticks his chin out there, throws kicks, and the problem is when he throws kicks, he's just totally unguarded for whatever his opponent wants to throw at him. Uh, that's how Menafield ended up landing a lot of those um, overhand rights. Uh, the thing about, I mean, Men, he was actually seemed like he was getting the hang of it later in the fights because Menafield basically, who we'll talk about later on this card, actually, he kind of just throws a uh, right hook. And he, he was doing pretty well, um, just taking it off his guard uh, late in the fight, uh, Vincius, that is. But um, he throws, he tends to throw like these really slow spinning back kicks, and he got clipped coming off of one of them. So he's just the guy who doesn't really have any idea what he wants to do when he's striking. Um, again, it, again, if he takes him down, yeah. So good GPP fight. It's going to be one or the other, I think. I, I might take... Um, Vincius here just because I am not look at least uh, Menafield is limited as a striker but at least he's aggressive and goes for it and we really haven't seen that from Anders lately so it's tough for me can Anders knock him out obviously the answer is yes but this is a this is a fight that's tough for me I, I'm going to be pretty split here and I like them both I think it's going to finish one way or the other Joe yeah so I'm honestly a little surprised that Anders is is actually fighting again um one, this will be his eighth fight. Yes, eighth fight in the last two years. You know, he's got to be one of the most active fighters in the UFC. And he's coming off of three losses, including a brutal beatdown by Khalil Roundtree 3.0. Um, so I, I honestly don't understand what's going on here. Like, I, I thought that after that Roundtree fight that he should maybe take a year off, six months at least. And now he is back again after taking that hellacious beating. Now, maybe it's this is the UFC throwing him a softball and saying, hey, you know, you're popular. We like you. You're coming off of three losses. Um, you know, here's sort of a gimme. Um, you know, Chris's affinity for Romans aside, um, you know, Mariah is a good, very good submission grappler, and he will relentlessly try four takedowns. However, I only see him, what, say, four to five minutes of cardio. So... I don't see this fight going to decision. Um, I see Mara, either Maria getting a finish or Anders, you know, just beating him senseless and knocking him out in maybe the second or early third round. Um, I'm going to pick Anders because I do think that this might be a setup fight for him. Um, but I, you know, Mariah does have a path to victory here. All right. Moving on, moving out. We have Ricardo Hamosh. At 9,100, taking on Journey Newsom at 7,100. Newsom filling in for the injured Sergio Pettis. Hamosh is the favorite, minus 345. Newsom plus 315. While I like Hamosh, I'm very, very concerned about his ceiling for DraftKings, especially on a card with tons of high into the distance prop fights. I think it's a better bet as a parlay piece than it is a DraftKings play especially in GPPs, although, I mean, he should win here. So I I can't say he's not, not cash viable, even if I think he's too expensive. Uh, give me Hamosh, who 
Uh, Newsom's strength is his grappling, and Hamosh's grappling is way better. It's just a problem that is, if it stays in the feet, he's not very high volume. Uh, Chris, yeah. So this was this was interesting to me because this was one of the more challenging guys to find recent tape on. Um, that uh, speaking of Newsom, that I've uh, seen in some time, I was able to find a fight of his that just turned three years old, which was the best I could do. Um, he he is his strength is his wrestling and grappling and transitions as Sean said. Um, he's also a decent boxer. He's got a decent jab, but he also tends to just lunge forward uh, quite a bit and try to trap his opponent up against the fence. And um, one thing about Hamosh is he's got excellent boxing defense. We even saw that in that fight against Nurmagomedov um, uh, before the spinning back kick took him out. Uh, he just came out really flat in that fight. There's not there's not a whole lot more to say about it. Uh, when he's on his game, he's pressuring forward. He's using his kicks. He's um, using his whole arsenal. He, he hasn't shown himself to be too much of a finisher in the UFC, save for that um, spinning elbow. Um, so I would probably avoid this fight because I think he wins, but I don't think he dominates. He could get a submission here, but I. But ultimately, I think that while Hamosh wins, it's probably a fight I'm going to avoid for the most part. Joe? So what concerns me about Ricky here is that, you know, he looked bad in his last fight against Saeed Nurmagomedov. Totally. You've got got a a Dagestani wrestler who hadn't knocked anybody out since 2013, um, you know, and he knocked him out 30th, currently the 30th best knockout of the year so far. um, And he just got lit up. I was on Hamos, uh, Ricky, as I call him, for that fight. Um, Very disappointing. Um, you know, he, the spinning back fist knockout as a hobby that kind of came out of left field. Um, he's young. He can learn. Um, I'm a little worried about this fight. I do think it's, it's highly winnable for him. Obviously. I don't know anything about this other guy. Um, you know, so this could be very much be a gimme for, um, Ricky. Um, I'm going to pick Ricky to win, Ricky to win here. Um, but again, because of, the fact that he hasn't exactly been DraftKings gold, even in his wins. Um, I There are other guys I like at that price point in the 9K range. So um, I like him, use him in GPPs, um, but he's not my favorite play in the 9K range. Alonzo Menafield, 9,000, taking on the guy everyone loves to hate in Paul Craig at 7,200. Menafield minus 265, Craig plus 245. I love this fight for GPPs because it's going to go like a Paul Craig fight does. He's going to wait in and either get himself knocked the hell out or he's going to find a late submission. And his price tag on this card, that could be enough. I like Menafield. I don't think Craig is a good enough wrestler to get him down. I am a little worried we're overvaluing Menafield because of what he did to Vinicius Marrera. But I ultimately, I just think Craig – gets hit in the face too much, and Metafield does have power. So give me Metafield, really good GPP fight. I like Metafield everywhere because if Craig wins, I don't think it's going to be quick. It'll be second, third round, and at least Metafield can um, – will have time to land some strikes even if Craig's able to tough it out. Joe? Yeah, I, the Bear Jew is a tough guy. Look, I give him props. Um, you know, he – you know, a couple of guys he fought had super poor, super poor fight IQ. Don't give him props. Um, no, 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 no. Oh, I, I, I just, I just assumed you were gonna pick him. Oh no, <laughs> no, I am on. Um, I'm on. I'm on Chris. Chris. I'm on Menafield here. Um, you know, I like, uh, I like the, you know, the career trajectory. Um, you know, yes, he's 31. Um, but you know, he has still not tasted the feet. Um, good athlete. Um, you know, he's a finisher, which is what we like. Um, I don't think he does not have a fight by decision as a pro. So um, I love that. Um, he's going to be highly owned, though, so tread carefully. But I like Menafield here a lot. Chris? So, no, uh, all kidding aside, I actually echo Joe's sentiments a little bit. Um, Paul Craig, you got to give it to him because when he, win- when he wins his fight, he's fights, he's doing it with not a ton of, um, you know, skill. <laughs> so, or, yeah, anything really. So – I mean, when he wins his fight, like, it's really, like, it comes from, like, the bottom of his soul. So you got to give it up for him. But um, I, yeah, as I said, I mean, this is a little bit interesting to me. Like, like yes, of course, Sean. He gets he gets hit a lot. He got bulldozed by, um, uh, who was it? Uh, was it Will Harris? 
who uh, knocked out, who was the most recent knockout of uh, Paul Craig? I think it was. Uh, not Harris. Oh, who recently knocked him out? I know. I'm thinking of Roundtree, but that's not it. Oh, oh, Jimmy Crook. Yeah. Uh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Jimmy Crook, Jimmy Crook, Jimmy Crook. Oh no! And it was Roundtree, actually. There you go. It was Roundtree. So, um, so yeah. So that can definitely happen. Uh, he can definitely get swarmed here. But as I said, uh, uh, Menafield is is sort of, um, you know, not a very uh, complex striker. He just throws his overhand rights and uh, hopes that you fall down. Now that could definitely happen. I want to see what happens because, as we know, uh, Paul Craig has been working a lot more takedowns into his game and takedown attempts into his game. As of late, um, when he first came in, he didn't even attempt takedowns. Now he actually goes for them, which makes this fight a lot more interesting to me. Um, I, I, I want to see what happens if this fight hits the ground. It's obvious that uh, Menafield can starch him out, and I'll have a fair amount of Menafield for that reason. But again, I, you know, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't sleep on Craig here. I expect him to be very low owned because, as Sean said, um, people tend to not like him, which is, which is fair. But I mean. He has passed the victory, especially working in the wrestling now. And um, we we have to see how um, how uh, Menafield look. He was able to ward off uh, Vinicius's all of his takedown attempts, but but um, Paul Craig has 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 um, decided to work in a lot more traditional double leg types in his recent fights, and I think it's going to be interesting. So the pick is Menafield, but um, this is another one. Of, if Otto was here, he would accuse me of hedging. So I'm glad uh, glad he's not in the chat. But I think this is another one. That um, is is sort of binary, you know. If he goes to the ground, we have a winner, and if he stays on the feet, we have a winner. So um, I'll have a lot more Menafield, but I will have some Paul Craig as well. I do want to jump in. I don't think I don't think I think Otto just likes to get on you. I will say, just just as something to point out, it's okay to hedge fights, especially in GPT. No, of you course, have to, yeah, yeah. You yeah. have to hedge fights. Of course, like you have to have fifty percent of one guy high inside the distance prop. Give me 25 percent of the other. By the way, that's, where is Otto? I haven't, I haven't seen Otto, but that's yeah, how you Otto, Otto was supposed to record. You know, he lost the song back. I know. He's, he's yeah, I know. He was like, supposed yeah. to record I Touch Myself by the Divinals and post it up, and he's MIA. I don't want to call him a Welcher, but uh, I mean, I let, I let him off. No. I let him off the prior week because I felt the odds were too big in my favor. And then he said, Well, let's go Montana De La Rosa, KGB Lee. And I said, Any day, any time. I took KGB, and now I'm, I'm waiting for a. A recording of I Touch Myself by the Divinal. And he's not even in here. I anyway, Joe, what do you got for this fight? Uh, this fight. Um, do you know what fight we're on? We are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would help if you told us. Um, Paul, Gre Paul Craig, Alonzo Menafield. No, I, I already Oh, I already said. I already oh, gave right. my pick. Yeah. That's right. That's Ooh. right. I, I think, I I think uh, Sean has got some sunstroke, so let's be kind. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't that bad of a mistake. Let's. Uh, Let's move on to Drew Dober at 9,500, taking on Marco Polo Reyes at 6,700. Dober is a minus, where's the number now, 325 favorite. Reyes plus 295. Look, Reyes is a live dog here because if this becomes a war, you know, Dober's hittable. Reyes has power, but I favor Dober. He's Got the better grappling. We saw Reyes really struggle with the grappling of Demir Hadzevic. Also, Reyes is a boxer, and um, Dober is a junior Muay Thai world champion who should low kick his front leg off of him. So I like Dober everywhere. The problem is the scoring and the price tag at 9500 for minus 325. Hard to roster a ton of Dober, but I think that'll be a common theme here, and I don't think I'll need too much to be over the field Reyes, I expect to be one of the more popular dogs because in a firefight, who knows what could happen? We've seen Tini has one punch KO power, so Dober's the pick, but I'll hedge this fight, and I'm playing both sides. Chris? Ah, uh, you welcher. Um, I think that, um, look, one of the one of the more uh, better maxims that uh, I think really holds true uh, in uh, fights is, is uh, kickbox the boxer when you're facing one. I, I think that that holds up more often than not, and I think that's going to be the case here. I think that Drew Dober, um, especially, has really gotten uh, better since uh, since he first came in. As you said, uh, Sean, uh, Muay Thai champion, but much more light on his feet and bouncing around than uh, the typical upright Muay Thai style that he came in with. As you said, a, a, a decent wrestler, grappler as well. I think he's really going to chew those legs up of uh, 
Marco Polo Reyes. I, I actually I actually think um, he's got a little better striking defense than, than maybe you give him credit for, but uh, uh, we can agree to disagree on that. Um, I just think that uh, Polo Reyes, look, we've seen him uh, get smashed out in a couple of recent fights now, once on the ground, uh, once on the feet. Um, Dober certainly hits hard enough to get it done. This might be um, a pay-up, uh, a, a scarcity pay-up scenario because I do think that uh, Dobrik can get this done. I think that he's got way too many advantages here, and I think that um, he hits very hard. So I do expect a knockout. You still have to, you still have to be concerned about ninety-five hundred. Um, I do expect Marco Polares to be a popular dog play because we still sort of, um, you know, we still sort of valorize him for the wars he's had in the past. But I don't think he's going to have much here against Drew Dober. All I'm saying is anything can happen when you're in a war like that. And we've seen Dober be dragged into a war by Frank Camacho. So it can happen. That's all I'm saying. He's live and he's cheap. Joe? Yeah, um, I pretty much agree. I mean, Dober is not a finisher. I mean, his last knockout was against uh, Joshua, senior citizen who once dated Ariane Celeste Bergman. Um, you know, prior to that, Jason Gonzalez. Um, he really is not a finisher. Um, on the other hand, Reyes is DraftKings gold when he wins. I mean, if you look at some of the scores he put up um, in his wins, uh, 119 against Frivola. Um, yeah, we'll throw out in the Valley 55. But before that, 139 against Ma and 105 the fight before that. So, you know, this is, you know, Chris is, you know, some, kind of on a Roman theme here. So this is like, you know, the orgy or the gladiator pit. I mean, you know, this is feast or famine. Um, you're going to have, um, you know, a, 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 he's got a puncher's chance. Um, you know, if he loses, he scores no points, which is why I think Reyes is going to be popular. I'm going to pick Dober here, but I don't think he gets the finish. I think if there's going to be a finish in the fight, it will occur by Reyes. Um, Dober has also not exhibited great fight IQ following Benny, Benny to the ground after he was lighting him up on the feet. Didn't seem like a really wise move. Um, so I'd love to see Reyes win because I, I love to watch him fight. Did not look good in his last fight against um, Hasnovic, uh, who actually had a perfect game plan. Um, I don't think Dober will try to take him to the ground, though. He hasn't shown that propensity. So given a standing fight, Reyes will be bigger, have a slight you know, advantage in height and reach. Um, I'll give him a shot. Um, 9,500, not going to have as much Dober as other guys in the upper tier, but I will pick him to win. All right, Roosevelt Roberts, 8,900, taking on Vince from Hell, Pichelle at 7,300. Roberts, the favorite on this one, the undefeated prospect, minus 290. Pichelle, the grizzle vet, plus 260. Interesting in that Roberts, good fighter. It's just interesting in that Pichelle has a couple paths here, although I think Roberts <laughs> wins the fight. Pichelle, we've seen him get takedown after takedown. He has the wrestling. Okay. The problem is Roosevelt Roberts snatches up next really quick as a nasty guillotine, some anacondas, like tough choking. Pichelle has one-punch power. We've seen him knock people out previously. Roosevelt Roberts, though, I think his range and his speed will be too much here. I think Roberts wins the fight, but Pichelle has some pass to a big score, and I like him for GPP. So one of the dogs I'm going to punt with, even if I think Roberts wins the fight. Joe. So – I'm, this is going to be my my probably my only upset pick here. I'm going to pick Pichel, and I'll tell you why. It's not a super confident pick, but one, um, Pichel does not get finished. In his entire career, he's never been subbed. Um, you know, he's lost by not my knockout to Rustam Kavalog. Um, he lost a a decision in an exhibition bout to Ali Akinta, and he lost to top five. Um, I'm sorry, he did get choked out by Gregor Gillespie. Check that. Gregor Gillespie is the only guy who actually. Um, choked out or submitted, um, you know, Pichel, and he had to take him down a lot to get to that place. Um, so Giuseppe is just on another level. Um, you know, if this fight stays standing, um, I I like his chances to at least be competitive. I think he's probably a better striker than Roberts. You know, Roberts is a good prospect. He's one of the few guys coming off the uh, Dana White Contender Series that's won their first two fights. Um, however, you know, in a slate that is really not very dog friendly here, I've got to like draw a line in the sand somewhere and it's not super confident, but I am going to take Vince from hell, Pichelle. 
Chris? I don't know if I'm going to take him outright, but what I will say is that I've never really been that big of a fan of Roberts. Um, the only, the only, the only things, uh, only tape I really saw of him coming in was that he just, he just loves to get his hands on you. He wants to drag you down. Um, I don't think he's that comfortable in open space. Now he, he showed much better striking in his last fight, but, um, that dude just sort of stood in front of him, um, after the first round. And, uh, it was kind of, it was kind of easy to have his, his punches connect with, uh, with his face, but still. Yeah. Through in combination, um, it was impressive. But um, I think I think he, he's actually going to see um, somebody who's going to move around a little bit in the cage in Vince Pichel, who who uh, might be a little different experience for him. And uh, to Joe's point, in that Gillespie fight, yeah, Gillespie took him down a bunch of times, but he had to keep taking him down a bunch of times. Um, uh, uh, Pichel got up quite a bit, um, uh, stuffed a couple takedowns as well. My only real problem is in that fight that he tended to want to strike before defending takedowns, and I think that got him into a little more trouble uh, than it than it necessarily needed to. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Michelle to be a little too much of a veteran test here, I think. But uh, I, but also, I mean, Roberts could very well just um, take him down, drag him down, and use that um, length and use the grappling. But um, it's a nice, tough test here. And uh, I'll be curious to see it. I, I'm going to flip a coin here, and I'm going to pick Roberts. But uh, I think Michelle is, is certainly live. Here comes the one dog on the card I'm picking straight up, and I think it's going to surprise some people. Damian Maya, 8,600, taking on Anthony Rocco Martin at 70. Oh, my God. At 7,600. All the Rocco Martin narrative that you're going to pick up on. Uh, Maya minus 170, Martin plus 160. I have to say – I thought I was going to be really unique um, when I had this pick, and then I listened to um, the Newsom MMA podcast, and they they pretty much stole all my thunder. And Newsom's much more eloquent about it, and much more respected around the betting community. I went, oh well, okay. At least I'm not crazy for what I for what I was seeing. I will say for for DraftKings, I'm going to hedge this fight. I'll have Damian Maya. I just because if Maya wins. He gets his fight to the ground, gets a quick uh, a quick submission. I think he's going to have to do that in round one, and it's totally viable. I just I think Martin has good enough movement and enough takedown defense. I know that you know Maya only loses to the top top tier wrestlers, you know, your your Covingtons, your Usmans, your Woodleys. I think the takedown defense is going to be different here from from Martin. I think it's going to be striking based, movement based. If Maya is able to just bum rush him and use just power him to um to 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 the ground, then I'm wrong and this pick is going to be an issue. But Maya, Father Time is undefeated, slowing down. I like the movement from from Martin. I think he's a good enough defensive grappler to stay upright and win this fight. Now, if the fight hits the ground, I'm wrong, 100%. But in terms of dogs with a chance to win. I think it's it's for me Martin one Pichel two, Reyes three, so give me um, Rocco Martin here to pull off the upset with an assist from Father Time, since since I heard her the peanut gallery chime in, which of all people to be making noises about an out there pick, really Chris, really. <laughs> Well, I mean, the one thing, the one bone I'll throw you here is that um, that was that was the one thought I had that you mentioned was that look, we've seen we've seen uh, a guy with good enough jujitsu in uh, in uh, Jorge Masvidal um, stave off the sub, so maybe uh, Tony Martin's jujitsu is good enough. Um, seems to be pretty good, but if I'm not mistaken, um, he had Marais on his back in that fight uh, and had to work out of it, did he not? So yeah, three uh, times. Yeah, so um, I don't think I mean Danny, Damian Maya, as we just saw in that Lyman Good fight. If he if he gets on your back, he's as good as ever, uh, Father Time or not. So um, look, I like I like Anthony Martin. I've picked him at more than once um, uh, on this show and uh, just in general in the community when uh, they weren't really feeling him. But um, I, I I just don't think he's going to have enough here. I I just don't think that. Um, he knocks out Maya. Maya is just going to be relentless, even when even when um, his takedowns are stopped. What do we see? Like he's 0 for 15 and 0 for 25. Like he's just not going to stop until he either gets you 
where you tire him out so much that, that he can't work anymore. And I don't think Martin has that in him. I think Maya gets there first. And I think this fight ends in, if not, if not a sub, um, probably a few takedowns and some back control. But um, I think more than likely, um, this is a first-round sub. Joe? Yeah. Um, so here's the narrative on Martin. Um, apparently, he's undefeated in the state of Minnesota, 6-0 and throughout his professional career. Uh, he oh was interviewed uh, recently, um, meaning today, and he admitted to uh, apparently emptying out his bank account to bet on himself, which is interesting. Um, you know? So Actually, don't I don't feel good about that at all. Yeah, so apparently yeah. that happened. Um, the way I look at this fight is simple, right? You mentioned the murderer's row that um, you know Maya has lost to. I there's nothing in his recent performances that are indicative of him falling off a cliff, which is I think what would have to happen here for Martin to get the win. He looked really good against Lyman Good. Maybe Lyman Good didn't have the best fight IQ. Um in, in maybe. Letting, yeah, maybe. Um, but look, Marias took down Martin three times, you know. Um, I think Maya's offensive wrestling is better. Now, you know, if Martin keeps this fight at range, and th this could be an extremely low-scoring, ugly decision type of fight, um, because, you know, you know, Maya is going to go for the takedown, um, and if he doesn't get it, um, you know, he's a fairly low-volume striker. Um, yeah, Martin's a higher-volume striker, but he's not going to put himself at risk of getting taken down. So... The issue with this fight is if it doesn't end in a finish, it's going to be very low scoring. And if, even if Martin wins, right, and he doesn't get a finish, which I frankly don't see him finishing Maya, he might not hit 10x. Um, so that's, you know, look, I'll have a few shares of Rocco, but I like Maya here a fair amount. Until we see him actually fall off a cliff, um, maybe that's when we can think about fading him. But Rocco Martin's not the kind of guy that's, you know, that Maya is going to lose to. So I hate to do this to you, Joe, but I, I was waiting for you on the narrative and it didn't come. So I must be the one to say that uh, Anthony Rocco Martin gave an interview to uh, uh, Bloody Elbow where he, yeah, Nick, Baldwin. He Nick Baldwin. Yeah. Where, where uh, don't steal my thunder. Now you had your chance uh -huh. um, where uh, he basically said that um, his life is, is falling down around him, his personal life. So um and now he's making this reckless decision, I, which I didn't even know about the betting. Now yeah, he's making. I, this, I am really not feeling good about this now. This reckless betting decision. I, I mean, I generally don't try to crawl into the mind of fighters because I think it's a fool's errand a lot of times. But when he's offering all this up to you, I don't know. It kind of makes me a little nervous. So that's just a little nugget for you guys to chew on there. Yeah, I mean, if, if someone can tell me whether he's still together with Kylie Harrison, um, you know, she's always. You can hear her chanting, "Rocco, Rocco." You know, she's the uh, the PFL fighter who, you know, is is the, you know, gold medal judoka, um, fights at 155, just can't find anyone to fight her at 155. Um, if anybody knows if they're still together, because, you know, that would be part of his life falling around him or going to shit. Um, I'd be curious to know, you know, I guess we'll find out in fight night, but yeah. Yeah, that's, that's actually really concerning for me. Anyway, moving on. Joseph Benavidez, 8,400, taking on Juicier Formiga. At 7,800, these guys have fought once before. Benavidez won. He's the minus 145 favorite. Juicier plus 135 in the comeback. I like Joe B here, and I think he's going to be too fast. Too good at defensive wrestling. Formiga needs to get fights to the ground. I just don't think he'll be able to do it here. The concern is the scoring, but give me Benavidez in a pretty comfortable decision. Uh, I, I've heard people say, and I agree with it, I kind of wish this fight was for an interim flyweight title. But then if you do that, you have to make it the main event, and you can't do that ahead of Nganu Dos Santos. So give me Joe B. Joe. I'm going to go the other way here um, and take uh, Formiga. It's not a super confident pick. Um, Joe Benavidez is a winner at night when he goes to bed, and he's a winner when he wakes <laughs> up in the morning um, next to Megan Oliveira. He shot so far over his skis that uh, he just rolled downhill. Um, you know, so I don't know. I didn't know what to make of this because when I saw Joe B versus Pettis, I thought he was done. He looked so bad when he fought against Pettis. And then I watch him against uh, Perez. And, of course, I'm on Perez in that fight because Perez had looked so good in his last fight. Um, and he just nukes Perez. Um, Formiga, on the other hand, I thought Figueroa was a beast and was going to give 
uh, Formiga fight, and Formiga looked really good in that fight. Um, I just think that these are two guys going in opposite directions. It's not a confident pick. Um, I like I like Figueroa. I'm sorry, Figueroa. I like uh, I like uh, Juicy J here. Um, Julian Rose is fighting. I don't know. That this, uh, <laughs> I don't know that this is a good fight for for DraftKings. Um, I'm not sure how well it's going to score, but um, I will give a lean to uh, Juicy A for Amiga here. Oh, and by the way, one other piece of narrative. Um, I think Joe B only really fights well in Vegas. So um, this is not in Vegas. Chris? Yeah, I'm going to uh, brush my shoulder off a little bit because um, I famously picked uh, for me uh, – Formiga in that in that uh, the last fight there. I think um, I think Formiga is a guy that um, people haven't aren't fully appreciating how much better of a fighter he's gotten in recent years. Um, his boxing specifically looks really good now. He keeps range really well. He's got a nice stiff jab. And look, he he's rounded himself out um, to be a, to be a really competent wrestler. He he can shoot a double leg. He can get trips off the cage. Um, and look, yeah, it's hard to take Benavidez down, but um, uh, Dustin Ortiz still did it two or three times. Had his back at the end of the second, never got the arm under the chin, but he was cranking on the, uh, uh, he was cranking on it, and uh, time ran down. I just think that um, Benavidez is, um, he's a bit too limited in his game now. He either likes to come forward and and sort of do uh, put his head down and sort of wing hooks, or he likes to wing. Um, counters in that same fashion and formiga as i said keeps distance well he likes he like he can counter he also loves throwing that counters um spinning back elbow so not to get too specific here but if he rocks um benavidez with that exact shot in this fight off a counter i want you guys to remember it and i want you to remember who said it i've, um, I've already forgotten it yeah. friendly advice you really just shouldn't use the words the, the phrase cranking on it in, in a podcast but you know <laughs> That that's you, your party. Hey man, um, okay. I was going to say something else, but and I it's a penalty, and it's a penalty for Romans. I mean, I, I get yeah, Roman baths especially. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, um, oh, nice. That's but, why he never leaves the house. That's right. <laughs> but um, but uh, yeah, trying to steer this this back a little bit off the crash course it's currently on. Well, I think I, I think I think that um, I think that Formiga has um. Up, uh, has upped his game sufficiently enough, and Benavides has sort of stayed the same. I mean, look, um, Dustin Ortiz, everybody thought he was going to run over him again, and Dustin Ortiz made that fight really, really close. And I thought he could have won it. I thought he needed to stay on his feet a little bit more. Um, he didn't. I think that Formiga is going to be able to do it, be able to keep his range, be able to land counters if he needs to, and I'm going with Formiga here. And then the other thing, Chris, is that um, if you if you guys use topology, um, you know, Formiga left Novo Uniao, uh two years ago and is has been with American Top Team, and that's really paid dividends for him. So um, Novo Uniao is the big Brazilian gym. It seems like they've fallen off a cliff uh, post USADA, um, but he's been at American Top Team for the past couple of years, and it's really paid dividends for him. So I'll just add that in. All right, it's the main event time. Francis Ngannou, 8,800, taking on Junior Dos Santos at 7,400. Ngannou minus 210, Dos Santos plus 190. Pretty simple breakdown. Does Ngannou land the big knockout shot early, or does JDS box him up? Love this fight for GPPs. I'm all in on it. I prefer Ngannou. Don't mind the stack because cash is so hard this week, but it's so hard I'm just I'm not playing. I don't see an edge in it. But I don't mind stacking it up at all. Ngannou is the preferred play for me. Chris, start us off for the main event. Uh, yeah, so I'm going with option one, which is um, JDS boxes him up. A uh, couple different Whoa. reasons. That's Whoa. option two. Whoa. Was it Was it option two? Okay. That's option I, two. I thought you said it first. Um, well, it's it's the number one option, uh, as in the correct one anyway. But uh, the, re the reason why is a couple different ones. Um, if you look at um, the vast majority of Ngannou's knockouts, they all come on counter shots. Uh, he is not um, an aggressive fighter who's going to lead. In fact, that's why that Derek Lewis fight was so terrible because nobody wanted to lead. Um, now, um, my one concern here is JDS was really trying to uncork a lot of overhands in his Derek Lewis fight, overhand rights, and that almost got him countered by Derek Lew uh, by uh, Derek Lewis. So 
if Derek Lewis can do it and Ganu can, I'm not discounting the possibility. But what I'll say is, um, look, uh, JDS really struggles when you can push him behind the two black lines um, up against the fence and go to work. Francis Ngannou, he'll take the center on you, but he is not an extreme pressure fighter. He's going to stand in the middle and he's going to look for his counter shots. That's going to that's gonna leave JDS with a lot of room to work, a lot of room to pop that jab uh, to the body as well as to the head, get in, get out. And I, I think it, it's going to be a true box-em-up performance. Um, can he get caught? Of course he can, especially if, like I said, he's careless with that overhand right. But I think that if he stays smart and fights a smart fight, um, he should be able to get uh, a ton of points in a striking match um, that ends in a high-volume decision. So give me JDS. Joe? Wow, interesting. Um, so I Nganu, I have a love-hate relationship with Nganu. He is – he the Derek Lewis fight almost caused me to take a hiatus from MMA DFS. I was so annoyed and frustrated. Um, you know, cost me a lot, that fight. Um, however, uh, he Nganu Frankie Murda has beaten all the old-time heavyweight legends. He's beaten Arlovsky. He knocked him out. He lifted out Alistair Overeem off his feet with a punch, right? Cain uh, Velasquez, who, you know, couldn't stand. So all the guys that, you know, fought Junior Dos Santos and, and you know, Cain had beaten Junior. And and I, I don't know if, if Arlovsky, I'd have to look. But, I mean, you know, Alistair Overeem, the first UFC event I attended, Alistair Overeem upset and knocked out Junior Dos Santos in that fight. So these are the kind of guys that he beats. now. Chris's point aside, um, you know, with all that, um, this junior could, you know, could perhaps avoid punishment. I think the longer this fight goes, the more it tilts in the favor of Junior Dos Santos. I would be very surprised if Nganu, who spent a minute and change in the octagon over his last two fights, you know, would go five rounds and win a decision here. So I think the key is... If something doesn't happen in the first or second round, it could be a long, ugly night for Nganu. With that said, um, I am going to go with Nganu to get the early finish, to put Junior away like he did Arlovsky, like he did Alistair Overeem, and like he did Cain Velasquez. So I am on uh, Frankie Murder here um, to win by knockout in the first or second round. Can I just say, though, that JDS has, has still, present day, looked infinitely better than any of those guys. But... And- in any event, finish Blagojevich off. So yeah. I, have, I, have, I have issues. Fair, fair enough. I mean, you know, he's fought AT and T. He's fought smarter. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. All right, guys, time for some hot takes, guys in chat. Fire, fire them up. We will read a viewer hot take in a second. Joe, I know you're ready with a big well, parlay. I, I tease, yeah, I tease so my hot take. Okay, yeah, guys. So here is a parlay, which I think makes sense. Um, look, anytime you, you're getting 66 to 1, uh, nothing is is highly confident, but I really like this parlay. I put 20 on it myself. It's going to pay you back close to $1,300. Um, you might even get more if you play it offshore. I played this on the Five Dimes Sportsbook. But here it goes. Write it down. I'll post this ticket up later. Okay. First fight I'm looking at here is I'm looking at Alonzo Menafield to win by KO, TKO, or DQ. Okay? That's minus 177. I like the Drew Dober, Marco Polo, Reyes fight to not to finish inside the distance. Okay. That that is a minus 156. I like, now this is where it's a little risky. I like Nganu to win in the first round. That's plus 115. Okay. I like uh Damian Maya to win by submission. That's plus 150. I like the now, this is probably the highest risk part of the parlay. I like the Gordon Moret fight to not go the distance. That's plus 165. I like Eric Anders and Morea to not go the distance. That's minus 265. And the last leg of that parlay is the DACA champion fight to not go the distance. That's minus 360. That will pay you 66 to 1. I'm sorry, 63.39 to 1. Wow. So there's right, your, set, there's set your it up, guys. Set that up. Who's got the minerals to tell me? Come on. All right. Well, let's, let's 
drag this back over to someone who hit their hot take last week and <laughs> and and um, just back back to DraftKings in general. I'm gonna say that the winning GPP lineup this week has one loss in it. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. So don't don't be. Yeah, I I, I think you're gonna want to ha- have some builds that that um you're looking for floor fighters down low. I think it's a viable strategy this week. I really like a bunch of the favorites. The one I'm picking, the only dog I'm picking, I have major concerns about. I'm looking for ceilings up top, some floors at the bottom. I think five and one is going to take somebody down a GPP. We don't see it a lot, so I'm calling for it. That's the hot take. Um, let's see if I, if I got one here. Uh, Vince, that's not a hot take. JDS the highest score. It's not a hot take in the GPP fight. I am going to go with – all right, we'll read Wills this week. My boy Will says Joe – this is a pretty hot take. Holy shit. Joe B submits Juicy Formiga. Wow. Ooh, that's pretty hot. I like that, Will. Uh, Chris, take us home. Yeah, um, well, I got some players, but I didn't want to do just players, so we'll do this. Um, I'm going to say uh, Vinci is by sub. Paul Craig by sub, and also I'm going to say that um, that Townsend fight uh, goes to decision. Okay, I got it. I, I, I That would be um, not great for me, but I like it. All right, that's what we got for UFC Minneapolis. Make sure you join us next week. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your moms, UFC 239, John Jones and Tiago Santos, but more than that, Come watch Fight IQ. Subscribe to the podcast on YouTube and iTunes. Go to rotowire.com slash free 10-day free trial to all their premium content. No credit card required. Follow all of us on Twitter. I'm at the DF Sniper. Chris is at Real Chris Olsen. Joe is at Sun Tzu. Thanks again to everyone in chat. Good luck in your contest. We'll see you next week for 239. Later, guys. Later.